Welcome to the 19th episode of Head Speaks. This episode on A Little Head, we'll talk about my wife, Michelle Moss. And under At the Movies of Head, we're going to talk about a spoiler-filled movie uh, that's entitled Star Wars The Force Awakens. You may have heard of it. Anyways, stay tuned for the newest episode of Head Speaks. Aw, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Feels good. Feels good. Hello, greetings, and hi there. This is the Head Speaks Podcast, a proud member of the Headcast family. I am your host, Aaron Moss, also known as Brother Head. Welcome to Head Speaks, where I'll be talking about comics, movies, and recent news items that interest me. Basically, anything that strikes my fancy. Warning! Warning! This podcast may not be family friendly. Head Speaks may contain adult language, adult content, fantasy violence, and nudity. You have been warned. The young, stupid, and easily offended may not want to listen to this headcast. In other words, parental guidance is more than suggested. So let's get started with our first segment for today. And once again, since it's dealing with a family member, uh, to make my wife happy, we're going to avoid the opening little uh, bump right play. Uh, Let's move on to A Little Head, where this episode I'm going to talk about my beautiful, wonderful wife, Michelle Leanne Moss. Uh, she was born November the uh, 22nd, 1977, as Michelle Leanne Plum. Several years thereafter, uh, her mom met and married her stepfather, Robert Hudson, so she became Michelle Hudson. Previous to that, she lived in Lodi, California, but then her and her mom moved down to Sanger, California, where she currently resides. I met Michelle in late 99, early 2000, when I worked at an internet company called PSNW, Protosource, Brand X. It's had many names. I forgot what it was called when she worked there. Uh, But she was hired as a new tech. I'd been there for a year or two. And our boss, uh, Ernie Hudson, brought her through and introduced to people. And Ernie's like, well, okay, here we have so-and-so, so-and-so. Here we have Aaron Moss. Uh, just warn you guys, stay away from him and stay away from his sticky keyboard. They moved on, went, <clears throat> continued the introductions and the tour of the office. Uh, we worked side by side for a while. Eventually, I became the administrator for a short time. Whenever I come to the tech room, I'd, I'd pull her ponytail, just, you know, giving her a hard time. Uh, during this time, she was dating this guy online or the guy that she met online. Uh, then I'm getting married. His name was Nicholas Pitts. Uh, I didn't really have much interaction with him from what I've seen and heard of him. He's a great guy. Uh, they got married. Uh, three months later, he passed away. Uh, shortly right after that, she called the office to let me know that, you know, because we were, we were friends, so she wanted to let me know that her husband had passed away. I offered my condolences. We got talking more online. And uh, one thing led to another, and, you know, we were, we went out as friends once or twice. And as we was talking online one day, I, you know, she was kind of down the dumps about, you know, her husband being dead and what have you. And I told her, well, you know, she's not going to be single for long. You know, she's a great person. She, you know, one of the first things when we worked together, I made a comment, you know, oh, my stars and garters. And she looked at me, she's like, all right, Hank McCoy. I smiled and I told the, one of my coworkers, I'm like, can we keep her? Because, <laughs> you know, an attractive girl that gets the X-Men quotes, you don't find them very often. Uh, back to my story. So I was telling you, you know, she's a great gal. She's, you know, a geeky. She's, you know, smart. She'll make, you know, hey, you got to be lucky to have her. And she's like, cool, why haven't you asked me out then? Well, as I told her, you know, one, I'm a little shy when it comes to the girls. And also, I was trying to give her, you know, her husband passed away. I didn't want to be an insensitive ass, even though I am one. But, you know, I was trying to be nice. So we went on a couple of dates. And one thing led to another. And we decided to move in together. Uh, so we moved into our first house together there in Chowchilla. Over on a street called uh, 
Hoover. And we, for a year or so there, me and a buddy of mine was going to Las Vegas to the uh, Monster Truck Show. The, what is it? The uh, Monster Jam World Finals. So she went with us that one year. And the entire time, she was expecting me to ask her to marry me. Because we'd been living together for a while. You know, we were in love. Yada, yada, yada. So she's expecting me to ask her to marry her. Me, I, I wanted to ask her to marry me. I had a couple different plans. Things kept falling through. Uh, my original plan, I was going to see if I could have them announce it, you know, as they do over the loudspeaker and on the board and all that, and, and propose during the world finals. But whoever I talked to said, no, they couldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Shut up. Uh, I was going to take her to a 50s diner we went to, but the food there sucks. She didn't want to go back. I was going to take her to the, there's a, uh, the Paris... The Eiffel Tower there. I was going to take her there and try to pose there. We just didn't make it back to there. So things just kept falling through. So we're on the way back. You know, she's disappointed. She's sad because, you know, she's been expecting me to propose to her. I never did. She thinks I'm a big insensitive jerk. So we stop at this, uh, I forget the name, a little diner leaving Las Vegas. Had good food, cheap. And uh, we're eating. And as we're, you know, as we're going in, we're, we're waiting or something like that to get in. And we saw there was like a log ride there. And Michelle was like, can we go on that before we leave? I'm like, eh, sure, what the heck. So we have our dinner or lunch, whatever it was. And uh, as we're getting done, I go up front, you know, I'm going to the restroom. So I go up front and stop and talk to the cashier. And I told her, you know, I got a slip of paper. I'm like, and I wrote on there, uh, I forget exactly what it was worth. It was, at the time, it was those like Visa commercials or whatever. I'm like... I wrote on there, you know, Monster Jam tickets, a hundred bucks or whatever. Uh, trip to Vegas cost this much. Dinner cost this much. Uh, D and Head, or Head Head and D, because D my best friend, he was there with us. Like Head and D asking you to marry them, priceless. So I gave that to the waitress. I'm like, okay, give me a minute. I want you to bring that to the table and give this to the, the woman I'm with, along with the bill, you know. So. We go back to the table, and I, we sit down, and we're talking, waiting for the bill to come. Our waitress comes over and hands Michelle the bill and that slip of paper I gave her. Michelle's like, well, you know, so at this point, I she's expecting me to ask her to marry her. I didn't. We go out to eat. I hand her the, the waitress hands her the bill. She's saying I'm a world-class jerk, and she, you know, looks at the tag and the paper I, I wrote on, and she reads it, and she looks at the waitress and looks at me, and she's like, or are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, the waitress wants you to marry her. There's a little joke. You know, she looks at me like, no, I, yes, will you marry me? So I propose. She said yes. And she was ecstatic, you know, that I finally asked her to marry her. Poor girl. Deluded. Uh, anyway, so, as I've said, I think I've said previously, uh, we ended up moving to a different house there in Chowchill on Grant. Uh, we lived there until we got, we got married. September of 24th, 2005. Uh, we lived there for a short time after that. Before we ended up moving to her uncle's house in Fresno. We lived there for about a year. Uh, we were having... This was in 2008. Uh, we were having a housewarming party. Actually, it was probably 2000 and... Doing the math. It was in fall of 2007. We're having a housewarming party, and a buddy of mine, Steve Barons, he brought some uh, vodka or something. He's like, well, I brought some vodka, as he's telling Michelle, and he's like, but I, I heard a rumor, I thought, anyways, that you were pregnant. So I brought some apple cider, just in case. He's like, no, I'm not pregnant yet. Oh, okay, sorry about that, you know, so. She got to think about it a day or so later, she, you know, I haven't had a period in a little while, huh. So she took a, a pregnancy test, and boom, she was pregnant with the first child, Alexis Moss. As I talked about previously, uh, Michelle, she's since I've been with her, she's worked at, at Institute of Technology, which is a school in Clovis, the technical school. She worked there for a while. But when she got pregnant with Alexis, she took time off, and one thing led to another, and she ended up getting fired from there because, well, basically, it's a crappy place to work. It's a crappy school. The kids, a lot of the kids, the kids, the students there, you know, a lot of them aren't deserving of her instructing them. Uh, but anyways, 
So she was unemployed for a couple of years. And then uh, a guy I used to work with at the internet company, his name was Ben Sanchez. Uh, he was working at another company called Unwired. And we were talking on Facebook and he's like, hey, Head, are you looking for you know, another job or looking to hire a technician? And I've worked with you. I know you. And I'm like, well, no, because I'm, I'm burnt out of tech support. I mean, doing 12 years of internet tech support, just I'm burnt out on it. But you know what, Ben? Michelle, she worked there with me for a while. She 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 knows, you know, her computer stuff. If you want to talk to her, she's interested. One thing led to another, and Michelle got hired on over at Unwired Broadband. Again, maybe not the greatest place to work, but it's a job, and, well, here we are today. I'm at the IRS, and she's working at Unwired Broadband. Uh, she was doing tech support and occasionally doing some web dev stuff, but I guess they've moved their web department elsewhere. So now she's just doing the technical support. But, uh, again, that's all I really got to say about Michelle at this point. Uh, she's a beautiful, wonderful woman. Uh, she was gullible enough and goofy enough, I guess you could say, to, to marry a slob like me. So I just want to thank her for marrying me. I love her. And uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode of a little head. Stay tuned for this break, and we'll be right back. Head Speaks will be back after these important messages. I got a bad feeling about this. You'd be feeling a lot better, Han, if you were listening to Dead Bothan Spies, a Star Wars podcast hosted by me, Ryan Daly. That doesn't sound too hard. It's not hard. You just check out Dead Bothan Spies on iTunes, Facebook, or the blog page, deadbothanspies.blogspot.com. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. Well, I, I don't know if terror is an appropriate description. It's a podcast that combines everything you love about me talking and some of what you love about Star Wars. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Fine, whatever. Do that after you listen to Dead Bothan Spies. Yoda, you seek Yoda! No, you seek Dead Bothan Spies, a Star Wars podcast. Check it out. It beats kissing a Wookiee, I would think. <laughs> Michael Bailey here with a trailer for an exciting series of episodes of Views from the Longbox. To help me with this trailer, I have brought along none other than Darth Vader. What is thy bidding, my master? I, uh, I had to pay extra for that one. Now, normally on Views, I talk about comics, either alone or with a friend. However, with The Force Awakens hitting theaters soon, I have been all excited for Star Wars. And with the sudden massive amount of free time I have found myself with, I decided to devote all of the December episodes of Views to Star Wars in a series I am calling Views from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. Oh, that was, was kind of rude. I mean, I, I would think a Dark Lord of the Sith would be happy that I'm devoting a month of shows to Star Wars. Don't make me destroy you. Look, Vader, we had a deal. I was going to tell everybody about how I'm going to talk about my favorite Star Wars movies, my favorite characters and comics and toys, in addition to talking about The Force Awakens. You were supposed to back me up on this. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Well... Fine, then. Can I at least talk about how I'm bringing some of the best and brightest in podcasting along with me on this endeavor? And that the show is going to be weekly through the month of December? The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. The Emperor will be listening? Yeah. Then I will have to double my efforts. Apology accepted. I did an apo- You know what? Never mind. What everybody needs to know is that views from a galaxy far, far away... Starts December 1st, here at Views from Longbox. You can find the show on iTunes or by going to www.viewsfromthelongbox.com. We would be honored if you would join us. 
finally stuck to the script. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Views from a galaxy far, far away. Starting December 1st. Only at Views from the Long Box. And now back to Head Speaks. This week on At the Movies of Head, we're going to talk about a little movie that just came out. You may have possibly heard of it. It's called Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Warning! Warning! Spoilers! Yes, I'm going to spoil the hell out of this movie, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to skip the rest of this episode. Uh, I want us to do this, and then I'm going to do a little thing of uh, War's Head going. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, avoid this segment. This is your last shot. Thanks. So as usual, this movie starts out a long time ago in a place far, far away. It's approximately 30 years after the destruction of the second Death Star. Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi, has disappeared. The First Order has risen from the remnants of the fallen Galactic Empire, and seeks to eliminate Luke and the Republic. The Resistance, backed by the Republic, and led by Luke's sister, Leia Organa, opposes them while searching for Luke to enlist his aid. Meanwhile, the First Order, led by a new mass baddie called Kylo Ren, attacks a village on a remote world of Jakku, looking for a map that may contain the location of Jedi Master Skywalker. While the troops are killing the village and burning it, we see a rare sight... A stormtrooper with a conscience. The stormtroopers capture a resistance pilot named Poe Dameron and take him back to their ship to torture him to get the stolen Death Star pl- plans. Uh, I'm sorry, the missing information on Luke's uh, whereabouts, uh, which has been placed in a droid. The stormtrooper number FN2187, the same one that had the conscience back on Jakku, has decided he's had enough of this crap and he breaks Poe Dameron out and the two still a TIE fighter and escape the First Order until they crash back on the planet of Jakku. Finn appears to be the only survivor of the crash. Soon, Finn finds the missing droid, entitled BB-8, with his new human companion, a Junker known as Ray. Uh, together, the three of them escape the bombardment launched by the First Order aboard an old stolen junk spaceship, which longtime fans of Star Wars may recognize as the Millennium Falcon. Soon, as expected, the Falcon breaks down and is captured by a much larger ship, piloted by the infamous Han Solo and his co-pilot Chewbacca. From Han, we get a little talky-talk exposition, letting us know that Luke tried to form a new Jedi Order, but after a student went to the dark side and destroyed everything Luke was building, he went on a self-imposed exile. After a fight with some group of gangs that's after Han, the five escape to Takanata, and meet in a cantana belonging to Maz Katana, who is going to help them find the resistance. Finn is thought to striking on his own, while Ray finds a lightsaber owned by Anakin Skywalker and then by Luke Skywalker. Touching it, she experiences force visions, which causes her to flee to the woods. Maz then gives the lightsaber to Finn for safekeeping. Meanwhile, we go to the First Order's newest weapon, the Death Star, I mean, sorry, Starkiller Base which is a planet that's been converted to a star system killer. Supreme Leader Snook orders General Hux to use the weapon to destroy the rebel capital ship and its fleet. Snook tells Ray that in order to fully embrace the dark side, he must kill his father. The First Order attacks Tak Odana and captures Ray, while Han, Chewie, and Finn are saved by Poe Dameron and his fleet of X-Wings. Yes, Poe Dameron's still alive. Ren is interrogating Ray, who resists, Realizing that she too has access to the Force, she uses her Jedi mind tricks, trademark, to escape custody. While she's escaping, our band of heroes journey to Dakar, 
where they meet up with Leia and the droids. Here they learn that the map BB-8 has is incomplete. As Starkiller Base prepares to attack the car, our heroes plan to join lower the defense shields on Endor. Sorry, not Endor. Uh, they plan on lowering the defense shields of Starkiller Base so they can attack. Leia urges Han to bring her son, Kylo, we find out, back alive. Using the Falcon, Han, Chewie, and Finn infiltrate the base, lower the shields, and start setting explosives. While doing so, Han encounters his son, Kylo Ren, who he calls Ben. Han tries reaching to his son, but the little bastard stabs Han with his lightsaber, killing him. Howling in pain, Chewie shoots Ren and sets off explosives, which allows the Resistance to attack and start the self-destruct of Starkiller Base. An injured Ren chases Rey and Finn to the surface, where Finn battles Ren with a lightsaber. After Ren injures Finn, Rey takes the lightsaber and fights back. As the planet is in its death throes, Snook orders General Hux to get Ren and flee. Back with the Resistance, they are mourning Han's death. R2-D2 wakes up, and with BB-8, they discover Luke's location. Rey, R2, and Chewie fly to the planet where Luke was at, and we end up with Rey handing the lightsaber over to the newly discovered Luke Skywalker. The end. And now I'm spent. But enough about that. Let's go and talk about my thoughts and feelings of the new Star Wars movies. Other than what I've said in the uh, synopsis. Uh, Let me start off by saying that overall I enjoyed this movie. It's not the greatest in my opinion. But then again I'm an old man stuck with you know my old thoughts. But in my opinion I I would say this movie is probably uh, third or fourth place. Uh, just real quick, a ranking of the Star Wars movies. Um, I think, in my opinion, it's either Star Wars, a.k.a. New Hope, and then Empire Strikes Back. Depends on the day of week. Sometimes those are reversed. And then I would say probably Return of the Jedi and then The Force Awakens. And again, those two can flip-flop. I need to see The Force Awakens again to be sure. And then I would say Revenge of the Sith... Attack of the, uh, not Attack of the Clones, the uh, the Phantom Menace, and then the Attack of the Clones. Uh, that's the way my feelings are today. They may change tomorrow. Uh, but let's go back on to this movie. Uh, so let's talk about the characters a little bit. Uh, we've got the cast, the original cast. We have uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca. I love it when they show up. Uh, you've got Ray. And Finn working on the Millennium Falcon, they get captured, and they're expecting stormtroopers or something to walk in on them. So they got their guns ready as they're hiding. Mm-hmm. And Chewie's like, "What are you doing on my ship?" And I got a little, you know, he's well, the last I saw was this place, and then this guy had it, and I've been looking for it. It's like, well, we found it, you know, in a junkyard on uh, Jakku. I knew we should have went there. That was great, and I loved Han and Chewie being back in the Falcon. It was just fantastic. I missed it. Uh, Leia, she didn't have a big role, but she did did show up. Uh, The princess, uh, who is now the general. Uh, I love seeing Princess Leia, a.k.a. General Leia, back in action. Again, unlike the last movie, she wasn't running around kicking ass, but she's older, uh, a little more fragile, so of course she she wasn't going to be out kicking too much butt. (laughs) But anyways... No, I enjoyed seeing Carrie Fisher back in the role of Princess, a.k.a. General Leia. Uh, Luke Skywalker, can't really say much about him. He showed up in the last 30 seconds of the movie. Uh, we're going to have to wait until Episode 8 to see what becomes of him and, and what's been going on. As far as the new cast members, let's move on to them. We have Kylo Ren, who is our big Darth Vader baddie in this one. Uh, his voice for me was a little hard to hear at times and understand. Uh, maybe because I'm getting old, my hearing's going. I don't know. But I thought his look was exceptional. I enjoyed the look of Kylo Ren. Uh, the revelation of who he is, I thought was fantastic. Uh, again, that was one of the ones that a lot of people were guessing, and I was wondering if he was one of, uh, if he was Han Leia's kids. 
A lot of that's coming from the expanded universe, which is no longer in continuity, but that's still out there. And you have to wonder if he is really doing the you know the main characters. So I kind of we kind of guessed who he was for the most part. Uh, we didn't know his name was going to be Ben, though. Why they named him Ben after Obi Wan? I mean, Princess Leia knew of him. Uh, she didn't know him, but her, she knew her dad worked with him. Uh, Han Solo knew him. Uh, uh, he didn't seem to have much respect for me. He seemed to disbelieve everything the guy said because he's old and believed in the hokey pokey religion stuff. Not the hokey pokey, but hokey religions. But apparently, there was still something there for him. I don't know if that was Luke's idea to, for them to their kid that or Han, because Han did know him the best out of Han and Leia. So uh, when he pulled the mask off, my own personal opinion, I, I don't care much for. Well, I think the guy's name's Adam Driver. I didn't care much for the way he looks. He looked too emo to me. But what do I know? But I, I did like, you know, the battle, he, the conflicted nature of him. In fact, again, I've already spoiled what happens here, but when he was talking to Han, saying that he's weak, he, he wants to come back to the light side, he, he, but he can't do it. I thought he wanted Han to take his life. I thought Han wanted... I thought he wanted Han to kill Kylo Ren. That's the only way to come back. But I was wrong. He ended up killing his daddy. Star Wars is full of people killing their father and all this kind of stuff. Uh, moving on from Kylo Ren, we have Rey, our, our female heroine. Our Luke Skywalker, if you will. Uh, she was on a planet, a wasteland. She found a droid that had an important message she had to get somewhere. So she found a ship, an old beat-up freighter. That ended up being piloted by this old pilot smuggler and his co-pilot that was all hairy and stuff. Uh, very reminiscent of The New Hope. In fact, there's a lot of beats from the other movies that I've mentioned previously, and I'll mention again as before I'm done. A lot of beats from the original movie in here. But overall, I liked it. I mean, there were some nice twists on it. Uh, she, again, much like Prince Slay in the F- Star Wars movie, the first one, A New Hope, she wasn't some little damsel in distress. I mean, Finn came along and tried to, you know, grabbed her hand and said, come with me, you know, come with me if you want to live. Uh, to, tried to pull her along. She's like, you know, quit holding my hand. I can do this. I can run. I don't need you. And she ends up saving him. Uh, she leads him to the Millennium Falcon that she knew about and was able to get away. I thought Ray was a very strong character. Like in the flashback when she was having her visions and we saw her being abandoned on Jakku. I thought maybe she was Han Luke's daughter. But nothing was said about them having a daughter and they met her and no one seemed to recognize her. So now I'm leaning towards her maybe being Luke's daughter. Seeing how the lights were called out for her. Uh, she would seem to be a Skywalker relation. Uh, again, it would still work if she was Leia's kid, but at this point I'm leaning more towards Luke. Though I would like it if she was Han's daughter, seeing how she now has the Millennium Falcon and Chewie's by her side. I think that'd be a little more appropriate, but we'll have to wait and see in Episode 8, hopefully. Uh, moving on to Finn. I like this. We see a, uh, a stormtrooper with a heart of gold, as I said previously. Um, he pulls the mask off. He's this young black guy. Again, I've see on the internet, some people got upset that, you know, oh my god, they've had a black guy in Star Wars? Uh, I guess they neglected the fact that uh, the baddest of baddest James Earl Jones voiced Darth Vader, and then in the original trilogy we had Lando Calrissian, and the prequels we had Mace Windu. So you, you can't say, oh my god, you've had a black guy in Star Wars? Because there have been black people in Star Wars. Uh, it's just Finn took a little more of a lead role, uh, again, he proved that he's a stormtrooper with a conscience. He, you know, I really enjoyed Finn. I thought he was a good character, a good fit. My only problem with Finn is that he was able to use the light. He seemed to be able to use the lightsaber quite well. Uh, and some of this knowledge I have is from the expanded universe, from role-playing games, which is not really canon any longer. But I, 
just someone picking up the lightsaber using it as well as he seemed to strikes me as a little odd. I don't know if he has a touch of the force in him that allows him to use it that well. Again, he wasn't a pro with it, but he seemed to do all right with it. Uh, again, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And again, it wasn't a big, oh my God, how dare they? But it was just a little, uh, I don't know if he would be quite that good at it. Uh, but moving on from Finn, we move on to our other new character, Poe Dameron. Uh, he wasn't in here very much. I liked what I saw. I liked when he first met Finn. He's like, what's your name? And Finn's like, I don't have a name. You got it. Everyone's got a name. He's like, I'm FN1187 or whatever he's called. Just looking at my notes real quick. I'm sorry, FN2187. And Poe's like, no, no, that's stupid. I'm not, I'm not going to call you that. Your name's Finn. So I, I really like Poe Dameron. Uh, I knew he wasn't dead when Finn crashed because I've seen him and other shots during the commercials. Kind of why I was trying to avoid some of the commercials and trailers because I don't want to ruin things. But So I knew he was going to show back up at some point, and I was glad because I like Poe Dameron. I thought he was a good character, a good addition. He had a good sense of humor. He was a nice touch to the movie. I'm hoping to see more of him in the next movies. Uh, moving on to Maz Cantana. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Uh, she was a decent character. Just She was there to get the lightsaber from point A to point B. Uh, her little home there was much like Moss Eisley Cantana in A New Hope. Uh, it gave us a way to get some new characters and to get a look at the wider range of characters in the universe. Uh, but it was much, very similar to the Moss Eisley Cantina. Uh, Spring Leader Snook, we don't know much about him. At first, I thought he was a giant. He was actually that tall. And then I read just a hologram. So I'm like, okay, well, he's not quite that tall. I don't know if I like the idea if he, if he was that tall, which I doubt. That kind of didn't sit well with me. It just seemed a little too uh, cartoony or something. I don't know. Not cartoony so much, but it just didn't seem right. I don't know what that was, but again, I have don't have much thoughts on Snook because he wasn't in there very much. The same with Captain Phasma. I know she was played by uh, Gwendolyn Pierce or something like that, the gal from Game of Thrones. Uh, she plays Brianna in Game of Thrones. I like her on that. Here, she didn't show up very much, or she didn't really have much to do. I didn't really notice her much. I know Han threatened to throw her in the, <laughs> throw her in the trash. He asked if there was a garbage compactor, which was great. It was a callback to A New Hope. Uh, hopefully she has more to do in the next movie. Hopefully she shows back up. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that. And those are the main characters I'm going to talk about. Now a little more about the, the movie itself and my thoughts on it. As I said, and I when I talked to the buddy of mine, this is very much in the same vein as A New Hope pulling some threads from The Return of the Jedi. As I said, the Empire, in this case the First Order, has a, a weapon that can destroy, instead of just planets, this one can destroy whole systems, but it's a giant planet size base that can fire a super weapon. Uh, this one appears to draw its energy from the sun and destroys the sun as it pulls its energy and shoots out its laser cannon. Like I said, there's a lot of things that it pulled from the original trilogy. I, I like it. I could go either way. Uh, yes, it is very similar to the first one, so if you watch The New Hope, you kind of know what's going on here. Again, you've got it. They had to destroy a, the fill uh, generator, as I said, in Return of the Jedi. This generator was on Endor. They had to, that's where we met the Ewoks. Again, along the same lines here, they had to destroy the generator. To just take down the shield so they could get to the base. Uh, a lot of plot elements from the original movies. They had, as I mentioned earlier, the little cantina, the new cantina scene. Uh, we have you know the hero facing down his daddy, who's the big bad guy. Uh, though this time it wasn't a surprise to him; it was a, more of a surprise to the audience. I guess this is a surprise to the audience too. Originally, in Return of the, in uh, no Empire Strikes Back, we find out that Vader is Luke's dad. Here, we find out that Han Solo is Kylo Ren's dad. So again, a lot of elements from the original movies, but you know what? There's a lot 
worst things they could copy than the original Star Wars trilogy. I love those movies. So in essence, I love this movie. And again, they took a lot of those elements and they changed some of them around, flipped them on its head. Overall, I enjoyed what I saw. Uh, again, I do want to see it again to get a second opinion and make sure my feelings are right. It's not just, you know, rushed feelings on it. But I like also liked when uh, after Han died and Chewie saw, you know, Ren kill his dad. As I said, I thought Ren wanted Han to kill him. But nope, he wanted to kill Han, so he tried to go further to the dark side, if you will. And like Chewie just... Just start firing on him. See, going into this, I thought Chewie was the one that was going to die. And to tell you why, I've listened to several different podcasts, especially Ryan Daly's uh, Dead Buff and Spies podcast, who I've advertised on here. Uh, and so I, I knew, or I assumed one of the original characters was going to die. I thought it was Chewie. I knew that Peter, Peter Mayhew, the guy that plays Chewbacca, has had some problems with his knees, some health issues, I believe. That's one reason. Also, when I went to the theater and watched, I went to the uh, in that uh, theater here in Fresno, California, called Edwards. They showed the Star Wars marathon where they showed the original six before they showed Episode Seven. And at the movie, you could buy a container of popcorn in a nice metal container, and a soda. It was like twenty bucks, and you got free refills all day. Really good deal. I enjoyed that. But the sodas you could also buy toppers, and the little toppers for the cup they had five different characters. They had BB-8, Rey, Kylo Ren, the new Stormtroopers, and Chewbacca. So they had four new characters, plus Chewbacca, who is our old, the only original cast member, they had a topper of. Also, they had a display selling merchandise out front, and on their backing, they had, again, the same characters. BB-8, Ren, uh, Rey, they may have had Finn, but the only one I noticed on there from the original trilogy was Chewbacca. And then also, as I'm watching episode seven, Han keeps, you know, uses Chewbacca's bowcaster a couple of times to make a comment. Oh, it's really nice. I like that. I've never used this. I like this. Again, just bringing up Chewbacca. So I thought Chewbacca was going to die during the movie. They got, they got me. I was wrong. I'm glad, but I'm not because I didn't want to see Han die. But think about stories I've heard about Harrison Ford. He didn't want to come back to Return of the Jedi. He was tired of the movies. So I guess it makes sense that they would kill him off. Uh, I mean, I think I've said everything I need to say about this. It was a great movie. I want to go see it again so I can get some other thoughts on it. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Go watch Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's a great movie. Great job. As I said, I don't know how much of this story they've taken from George Lucas, if any. George was a great idea guy. And as me and Ryan talked about back on episode 9 of Head Speaks, uh, George is great as far as ideas. He's just not a great director or a great writer. And that was the problems with the prequels. This one here didn't have those problems. I thought it was a... Again, if you can get over the fact that it brought a lot from Episode 4 and Episode 6, it was a great movie. If you can't get over the fact that, once again, the Empire, or in this case the First Order, is using another planet-sized superweapon, you may not like it as much. But, again, it... I really liked it. I want to see it again. Go see Star Wars The Force Unleashed. But that is At the Movies Ahead. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Head Speaks. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, I'm Kyle Benning, and I love comics. In fact, I love them so much that I ramble on about them on a number of podcasts, all on one feed, found under the King Size Comics Giant Size Fun banner. I talk about comics with extra page counts, like Treasury Comics, Prestige Format Books, DC's Dollar Comics, Marvel's Giant Size Specials and King Size Annuals, and much, much more. I also love to talk about DC's Crisis on Multiple Earth crossovers, free comics from Special Promos, Free Comic Book Day, Star Wars, My Life as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, 
random comic book back issues, and many other elements of geek culture that happen to strike my fancy. There's new content usually dropping at least once a week, and it's all found on one feed. You can subscribe via iTunes. Just search for King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun in the iTunes Store or podcast app on your iPhone. Otherwise, you can follow the podcast at the King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun blog headquarters, available at www.kingsizecomicsgiantsizefun.blogspot.com. That's all one word, kingsizecomicsgiantsizefun.blogspot.com. Or follow on Facebook by simply searching for King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun. So for snappy review and discussions on comics, new and old, usually done from the front seat of my car or my lunch break at work, check out King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun. Yo, Joe! We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe American hero. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe against Cobra and Destro, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there! Attention, Joes, this is General Hawk. I have an important mission for you. I need you to listen to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. It's a monthly podcast where Aaron Moss, codename Head, and two other Joes, Ryan Daly and Kyle Benning, will be reporting on the comic book G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Previously published by Marvel, currently being published by IDW Comics. We'll also cover the special missions, the yearbooks, order battles, etc. To hear their message, report to gijoe.headspeaks.com or iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can get further information at Facebook, Google+, and Twitter. All under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Dismissed. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, is a proud member of the headcast family. The world never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. And now back to Head Speaks. Yo, Joe! We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe American hero. And the masters of the universe! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Heroes in a half shell! Turtle power! Who you gonna call? Whatever the challenge, they are ready. The Centurions are the visionaries. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. And now, Geekin' with Head. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! To continue with my Star Wars theme, uh, now for today's episode of Geek and of Head, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Star Wars and the viewing order, at least in my opinion. And honestly, that's all that counts is my opinion, right? So as far as Star Wars, you've got a couple of different ways you can view them. Right now, I think probably my, my best suggestion is watching them in release order. Episodes 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, and then 7. Part of me, the, the continuity geek, wants to watch them in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, as far as order-wise. But watching in that order, as me and Ryan talked about, again, back on episode 9 of Head Speaks, watching in that order, you lose 
something with episodes five and six. You in episode f- uh, five, the Empire Strikes Back. You get the big reveal that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. He is Luke's dad. And then in episode six, you find out that Leia is his sister. Those were all big shocks, big surprises, big revelations. So, <sighs> watching them in proper sequential order that Lucas would want you to watch them, one through seven, just in order, you, you lose those big shocks because we find out that Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. Uh, he has twins, Leia and Luke, at the end of episode three. So, by the time you get to five and six, you lose the big shock value. So, I mean, I, I can watch them either way. Uh, if you're brand new to Star Wars, if you're not familiar with it, I don't know who wouldn't be at this point as far as who Vader is and Luke and Leia's, you know, relationship. If you're unfamiliar with any of that, or if you want to see it that way for the first time, I definitely suggest watching 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, and then 7. If you're an old school fan, if you if you know the shocks, if you know the revelations, then I, I see no problem watching them as order in one, two, three. I'm sorry. Yeah, watch them as one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Now we get it chronologically. You get the grand again. One through six is basically Anakin Skywalker's story, his rise and fall, and rise again, as it were. And we're gonna have to see what seven through nine entails, but. Uh, another thought I had on this was you could watch episodes 4 and 5, and then 1, 2, 3, and then 6 and 7. And that way the only shock you're get, missing out on is the Leia is Luke's sister, which, again, it can be a bit of a shock, but they don't really follow it up so much in the movie. Uh, Luke finds out. I mean, he talks. He's like, why'd you guys lie to me? He's like, well, it was for your own best interest. And we only slightly lie to you. If you watch episodes 4 and 5, and then go back and watch 1, 2, and 3, it's kind of like a flashback, and then catch up with 6, and then 7. Again, you're still getting that shock about Vader being Luke's father. And, you know, we get Vader as the big bad guy, and then we see him as a young man becoming, turning into Darth Vader, and then we get his death and return to being Anakin Skywalker. So, again, those are the three suggestions I've got. If you're brand new, just now finding Star Wars, definitely watch it, episodes 4, 5, and 6, 1, 2, and 3, and 7. Uh, again, the second option for newer fans is, as I said, 4, 5, and then 1, 2, 3, and then 6, and 7. Hey, if you're an old school fan, you like continuity, you like the entire story arc of Anakin Skywalker, you could go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Again, those are my own opinions. There are other ways you could watch them I've seen, but nothing that really makes sense. Uh, those are the best sensical order to watch them, in my opinion. Uh, and again, as I've talked about previously, I'll just talk about them briefly here. I really love episodes four, five, and six. Four and five is the best. Six follows it up. I've really enjoyed seven. Again, it's up there with six. One, two, and three, I enjoy what they were trying to do. But as me and... Again, I'm going to refer back to episode nine once again. As me and my buddy uh, Ryan talked about. While Lucas has a fantastic idea, man. And anyone that shits on Lucas is an idiot. Uh, he's not the great writer. He's not the greatest director. He needs someone else directing his work, not letting him have so much hands-on, and someone going over his work and giving a rewrite. Because I think 1, 2, and 3, if it a better director have done it, if he'd let someone like Lawrence Cashdan, whatever his name is, that worked on Empire, go over the script, it could have been a whole lot tighter and it could have been a whole lot better. But that's what we're talking about, so I'll talk maybe later on more about the problems with episodes 1, 2, and 3 and what maybe... Could have been done making better. But that's my viewing order. That's my my thoughts on the Star Wars saga at this point. Uh, 
be sure to listen for further episodes of Head Speaks for more of my uh, thoughts on Star Wars. Because, again, there will be more episodes on it. But that's it for this episode of Geeking with Head. On the mark, get set. We're riding on the internet. The internet is really, really great. For porn. I got a fast connection so I don't have to wait. For porn. There's always some new site. For porn. I browse all day and night. For porn. It's like I'm surfing at the speed of light. For porn. (laughs) Internet porn, Roman orgy scenes. Internet porn, dominatrix queens. Internet porn, girl on girl on girl on girl on girl on guy on sheep. You're going surfing on the internet. Where is head going? So this time on, where's head going? Uh, again, I'm still looking at the podcast I listen to. This month, we're going to talk about the podcast entitled "The Quantum Leap Podcast." As you can expect, the Quantum Leap Podcast is a podcast that talks about the old TV show called Quantum Leap. It's ran by Heather and Albie. Uh, Albie is an old-time, long-time fan of Quantum Leap. He's seen every episode multiple times. He loves the show. His wife, Heather, uh, she's a newbie. She's watching the shows as they go along. She's never seen them before. So as they get ready to do an episode, she'll watch the episode for the first time. So, again, so we're getting someone that's a longtime fan's perspective, plus we're getting a, a newbie's perspective of how the show looks. And we get their, their viewpoints on it, even from their life experiences, we get their opinions on it. Uh, while I don't agree with everything that's said on there, I think it's a great podcast. Uh, Heather and Albie make some great points. Uh, they have several guest contributors and people that help them out. Uh, there's... Uh, Juan, I'm sorry, Juan, I forget his last name. And then there's uh, also Hayden, plus several other contributors. So definitely, if you if you enjoy the quant- the show Quantum Leap, or if you've never watched it, but it sounds interesting, definitely check out their podcast. Uh, they're also on Facebook at the Quantum Leap Podcast. Again, if you go to their Facebook page and make any posts, please keep it spoiler-free. As I said, Heather hasn't watched the show. Uh, here I've talked about the podcast, but I haven't talked about Quantum Leap here. Um, Quantum Leap is a show about a guy named Dr. Sam Beckett who was creating a, a device to travel in time. And due to funding cuts, he had to hurry up and rush it. He used the, the uh, Quantum Leap machine, if you will, to set himself in time. Uh, something went a little caca, as they say on the show. And now Sam is stuck in the past, uh, writing what once went wrong, as they say. Uh, the only person, the only interaction he has with his current time is through a hologram of his best friend named Sam. Uh, Sam appears to him as a hologram, and Al in his surroundings appears to Al as a hologram. Uh, but again, definitely, each episode, Sam leaps to a different time period. He's leaping somewhere within his own life, for the most part. Uh, some shows, some episodes are better than others, but overall, it's a great series. I definitely recommend you watch the Quantum Leap podcast uh, and then also listen to the Quantum Leap podcast. A great show, a great podcast. And then write in and let them know what you think about it. Uh, they love hearing from everybody. I, I write in regularly myself. I have the last episode or two because I've been busy with my own podcast and work and the family and life and everything. But I need to fix that and start writing in again. But it's a great show. Uh, go check out the Quantum Leap podcast. And tell Marin sent you. <laughs> All right. Anyways, that is where head's going this month. Now we'll move on to our next segment, talking to head. Got mail. As usual, this is going to be a small segment. I don't have a lot of uh, any emails. Uh, I do have some Facebook comments, com- comments and likes. I was going to start off with that. 
there was Gene Hendricks, Michelle Moss, Tim Wallace, and my buddy Shag Matthews. And that's all I have for this month. Uh, so go ahead and write in to head at headspeaks.com. Visit us on, visit us on Facebook or Google Plus at Headspeaks. And you too can be heard on the air, uh, or I'll at least mention your name. Also, uh, if you write in, I'll read your email. If you want your voice heard, you can send us an MP3 to head at headspeaks.com, and I'll play that on the air. But it looks like that'll do it for this month. And since I've been talking about Star Wars today, our final song for the day will be, well, it's the Star Wars Cantina theme. Uh, I'm not quite sure who composed it. I'm assuming it's John Williams, as he did the music for Star Wars. Uh, But anyways, this is the Cantina scene from Star Wars or as has been later called, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Join us next month for our next amazing episode of Head Speaks. See you then, kids. Until then, remember, Head has spoken. for listening to another fantastic episode of Head Speaks. Hope you enjoyed it. If so, let me know. Drop me an email to head at headspeaks.com or visit our home at head.headspeaks.com You can also visit and talk with me on Facebook and Google+, both under Head Speaks. You can also send an MP3 file with your thoughts and I can play that on the air. And you can also get more of me on my other podcasts. Be sure to listen to Task Force X, where monthly I look at John Ostinger's Suicide Squad and Paul Kuppenberg's Checkmate comics from the 80s and early 90s. Also, over on G.I. Joe, A Real American Headcast, my podcasting friends Ryan Daly and Kyle Benning, along with myself, are looking at all of the G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero comics, and related titles from Marvel and IDW. All of my headcasts are available on iTunes and Stitcher, along with the respective blogs and my main page at headspeaks.com. All, all comments, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Head Speaks are o- owned wholly by the speaker of said comments and do not express the opinions of Head Speaks, unless, of course, I'm the one making the comments. Head Speaks, Task Force X, and G.I. Joe, a Real American Headcast, are all part of the Headcast family. So join us next month for another wonderful episode of Head Speaks. Until then, I'll see you in the funny pages. Good night.